This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly is brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone and welcome to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend as we join you from downtown Cleveland and Progressive Field continuing on with our hot stove shows. Good show lined up for you today. In a little bit we will hear from Guardians Senior Vice President of Scouting. That's Paul Gillespie. A lot of experience on the international side of things in the scouting department for many seasons and we'll talk to Paul about the International Signing Day, which was completed recently. A lot of new talent coming into the system, a long ways away from the major leagues as so many of these young players are just 16 years of age. But we'll talk to Paul about that and his background coming up in the second half of our show. But first, we will be joined by Guardian's Senior Vice President of Public Affairs, Bob DiBiasio. That's coming up on the other side of our break. This reminder, though, if you want to head downtown, Check out all the latest and newest Guardians gear. You can pick that up at the team store at Progressive Field. Great hours for you. Uh, check that out most days from 10 until 5 and on uh, Sundays from noon until 5. So hopefully you can stop on down, get ready for the new season coming up with all the brand new Guardians gear. Also, check out the website, CLE, that's CleeGuardians.com, and uh, that's where you can pick up some of the great ticket packages too including the voucher packs and all that kind of good stuff coming your way on the website cleeguardians.com stay with us when we return we'll take a short break and come back and hear from bob dibiasio that's coming up next on the cleveland guardians cleveland clinic radio network i'll tell you what folks strap yourselves in we're going to be here a while Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So, yeah, I used the savings from switching to Progressive 50 years ago to finally buy my dream car. It's a self-driving flying car, but we just say self-flying now. You know, because it's the future, and cars fly in the future. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland as we continue our hot stove shows. We check in every now and again with the Guardians Vice President of Public Affairs. We're talking about Bob DiBiasio. And uh, Bobby D, great to, to visit with you and, and hear your voice as uh, the snow flies. But uh, we love talking baseball every now and again. And uh, thanks a lot for coming by for a little bit. Well, thank you for having me, Rosie. It's always a treat to uh, talk baseball with you. And it, it is Black History Month. And in Cleveland, the sports franchises, the, the Browns, the Cavaliers, the Guardians, they all uh, recognize Black History Month in different ways. And, Bobby, I really think the, the theme for the Cleveland franchise really trailblazers in terms of the game of baseball and integration and Boy, it, it coincided with a time in franchise history when uh, the then Indians had some of the best teams in the American League. Absolutely. Um, we were at the forefront of social change in our country. Everyone knows Jackie Robinson integrated Major League Baseball, specifically the National League. Uh, April of 1947, as a member of the Brooklyn Dodgers, uh, Branch Rickey made it uh, uh, one of his uh, main goals um, was to integrate Major League Baseball. I bring up Branch Rickey because he and I are both proud graduates of Ohio Wesleyan University. Uh, he went there a few years prior to me, but... Uh, does he have a photo in the admissions building as well? <laughs> I think he does. He's all over the place. He's actually, when I was the sports editor of the transcript at Ohio Wesley, we were building the Branch Rickey Physical Education Complex. So I wrote many a story on Branch Rickey for the newspaper. And uh, obviously his, his goal, when he was a graduate assistant, I think it was 1904, somewhere in there, uh, on the baseball team. He was a graduate assistant coach for the baseball team, and they integrated Ohio Wesleyan's baseball team, and he was instrumental in, in that effort and, and um, said if he ever had an opportunity, once he got into baseball, uh, then becoming president of the Brooklyn Dodgers, um, put in place uh, a process by which Jackie Robinson became uh, uh, the first African-American to play baseball in the big leagues. Uh, obviously, Larry Doby, 11 weeks later, July 5th, 1947, was the first African-American to play in the American League. And one little-known fact, Rosie, that I, I do always share with people when we are on this topic is that Larry Doby actually integrated more cities Major League Baseball in America than Jackie Robinson. Um, the reason being the city of New York had three baseball teams, two of which were in the National League, the Giants and the Dodgers. 
and then the New York Yankees, of course, in the American League. But St. Louis, Boston, Philadelphia, Chicago all had teams in both the AL and NL, whereby Larry Doby integrated Cleveland and Washington, with, in the, with the Washington Senators being in the American League, and that left Pittsburgh and Cincinnati as the two remaining teams in the National League that uh, Jackie Robinson integrated. So, you know, Larry Doby experienced just 11 weeks after Jackie Robinson integrated baseball again in April of 47. Everything that uh, Jackie Robinson experienced, uh, considering Larry Doby a, a wonderful close friend, uh, Larry Doby Jr., uh, indeed a dear, dear friend, um, just unbelievable uh, in terms of, of what those men, Jackie Robinson, Larry Doby, the Minnie Minosos, uh, you know, the Bobby Avila's, the uh, Al Smith's, uh, Luke Easter's, uh, Satchel Page, all had to endure at the beginnings of their big league career. Bob DiBiasio joining us, the Guardian's Senior Vice President of Public Affairs, and uh, we always like to check in with Bobby D, and we do so during Black History Month and taking a look back at at the Cleveland baseball franchise really trailblazing, so to speak. And, Bob, we were talking that all right, the, the 48 team wins the World Series. Great ball club. But you could argue that the 54 Cleveland Indians were a better team, certainly in the regular season. And, and African-American and Latin players were a key to that 54 team, how prevalent and how important were they to that team and the success that they had during the regular season, especially before the, the tough World Series against the Giants? 111 wins at that time, a record in Major League Baseball for the 54 Indians. It, uh, um, it's important to note, if you look back at, on the landscape of Major League Baseball at that time, uh, at the beginning of the and during the 1954 season, Four teams integrated, having their first player um, participate uh, on their in their organization at the major league level: the St. Louis Cardinals, the Cincinnati Reds, Pittsburgh Pirates, and Washington Senators. So that brought the number of teams who had integrated um, to twelve of the 16, leaving the Yankees, the Phillies, the Tigers, and the Boston Red Sox um, as the remaining four who had not yet integrated um, in Major League Baseball. Uh, the Yankees would do it the very next year with Alston Howard. Um, and then in 57, the Phillies did it, 58, the Tigers and the Boston Red Sox, Pumpsy Green were the final team in 19. 59. But the Indians in 54, obviously Larry Doby, uh, uh, an all-star center field um, player at that time, one of the premier players in the game. Bobby Avila led the league in hitting. Um, Al Smith is playing left field for that club. Dave Pope, Luke Easter, and you can actually Mike, um, Mike Garcia on, on the mound as well. Um, one of the uh, 
greatest teams in, in franchise history. And as we went through the 90s, um, you know, with our great teams of, you know, the 95 club, et cetera, um, we were digging back into the record books and, and always going back to 54 and 48 to, to find the stellar, remarkable record-breaking, franchise record-breaking um, statistics that uh, um, those gentlemen put up in their uh, winning the American League title. And obviously that name at the forefront that you've mentioned a lot in our, our talk today, Larry Doby, uh, certainly the, the trailblazer in the American League. And, uh, you know, this time of year, but hopefully, you know, sometime soon we'll have some spring training. And, and when you look back at that period of time, for him to go south or west to participate in spring training, what were the challenges that he had at that time? Well, yeah have to think about his entry into major league baseball as compared to Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson was a member of the Brooklyn Dodgers organization in 1946 played in Montreal could have been the most cosmopolitan city in North America at that time. <clears throat> so he played with a number of teammates, went to spring training with the Brooklyn Dodgers in 46 went to AAA, played for Montreal. Uh, and then when he comes to spring training in 47, has a real opportunity to make the Brooklyn Dodgers baseball team and does so. So he had already uh, engaged as a teammate uh, with many of those players for going on over a year or more. Larry Doby was playing for the New York Eagles and Jackie Robinson was in his late 20s at this time, 26, 27 years old. Larry Doby's 23 years old, playing for the Newark Eagles of the Negro Leagues. And Bill Beck purchased his contract uh, from the Newark Eagles. And after playing games with the Newark Eagles, he jumps on a train and heads to Comiskey Park in Chicago and signs a contract to be a member of the Cleveland Indians and on July 5th has a pinch hit at bat to, in his first appearance uh, in the American League and walks into a clubhouse in Comiskey Park where he didn't have a spring training an opportunity to uh, connect with, with the players and uh, much different um, entree into uh, Major League Baseball and Larry always talked about how Mike Egan's father Jim Hegan and Bob Lemon, Joe Gordon, Bob Feller, and them were, were the ones who extended their hand and, and welcomed him into that clubhouse and, and tried to make him feel comfortable. Because again, here's a young kid coming in a second baseman. Joe Gordon is the Cleveland second baseman who had been an American League MVP just a few years earlier for the New York Yankees as that team in 47 called it would fight for a pennant against the Yankees and all of a sudden, boom, here's a brand new player uh, in our locker room. And so a much different entree into uh, Major League Baseball. But, yeah, not being able to stay in the same hotel as, as everybody else at spring training, um, eat in the same restaurants, uh, um, we can't imagine. You know, it's it, those kind of things are foreign to us and just – can't imagine the courage and strength 
uh, and patience and and confidence and all the things that it would take to endure all of that. And that is why I think he always talked about the Joe Gordons and the, the Jim Hegans and Bob Lemons, et cetera, um, who made it easier for him. Different times to be sure. Bobby, here's a hypothetical that, that probably doesn't have a right or wrong answer, and, and we certainly wouldn't know, but the names you mentioned, some of the greats in the game, some Hall of Famers, and it was a, a contending club that had been to some World Series. Um, if it had been a last-place club and, and maybe didn't have that, that character that you need to, to achieve at a high level, might it have been different for him? You know, I think... Maybe you're right because everybody on a team that is struggling is concerned about their place in life. Are they going to be on this big league roster? We're losing. Am I one of the reasons why we're losing? And is my career going to be done as they bring other players in to take my job? Now, most every big leaguer um, who isn't completely entrenched as a star, I think feels that deep down inside that, uh, you know, this wonderful career could end at any moment when somebody younger, stronger, better comes along. Um, but I think you might be right in that Rosie, in the sense that that 47, uh, baseball team, um, was a veteran club, very confident in who they were. Um, and I think that, that obviously, um, could have made a difference uh, that all of those gentlemen were really uh, in place, uh, in a good place in their minds of where their careers were at. And not only that, but they felt deep down that this was an important thing for baseball and an important thing for society, and uh, they get to be a part of it. I think that's why the, the Jim Higgins and, and Joe Gordon's. And again, Joe Gordon, the interesting thing was, you know, might have been one of Larry Doby's best friends, he told me. And, you know, here comes Larry walking in, you know, originally to take Joe Gordon's job. Again, a former MVP of the American League. And then the, after that first year, um, they told him to go work in the outfield in the, out, in the off season. Um, with uh, uh, Coach McKechnie, and uh, he ends up becoming an all-star center fielder. Yeah, Bobby, always great perspective, and uh, we appreciate you stopping by today talking some baseball, and we'll catch up with you real soon, I'm sure. Always a treat, Rosie. Take care, buddy. It's Guardian's Senior Vice President of Public Affairs, Bob DiBiasio. Stay tuned. More to come as Paul Gillespie will join us. We'll talk the international signing days. We go from, from history back in the 40s and 50s to some of the youngest players in the Guardians farm system just entering and beginning their pro careers. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And we are joined now by the Guardians' new senior vice president of scouting, but a very familiar name, 16 seasons now with the organization, Paul Gillespie, who we have talked to before in his role as an international scout. And uh, Paul, I, I imagine on, on a, a week like this, maybe you wish you were scouting internationally down south because uh, you're based in Cleveland, and uh, that's a tough deal this week weather-wise. Yeah, thanks, Rosie. It's always uh, always good to connect with you and uh, appreciate the time. And, and yes, you are you are absolutely correct. It is, uh, it is freezing cold here in downtown Cleveland, and uh, it, it seems like every time it, it warms up, it kind of dumps snow again. So um, hopefully, uh, hopefully, I can see a uh, international trip here in my uh, in my future sometime soon. I know you're still busy on that front, and we'll get to um, just some of the 15 players that that were signed in the international signing period just recently completed. But uh, first, for fans who don't know, just a little bit about your background. Uh, we mentioned 16 years with the organization. Uh, you're out of the University of Virginia, a college teammate of another member of the front office, Chris Gale. And uh, what was that like for, for you as, as a kid who grew up in Virginia to be able to go to, to UVA, which is such a great academic school, and, and then play baseball to boot? Yeah, it was, it was a great experience. Um, you know, I think, you know, at, at that age, um, my goal was to, you know, just try to go to, you know, to the best academic school that I could I possibly could. And, you know, just fortunate that, you know, we had the University of Virginia, you know, right there up the road. And uh, and yeah, so I, I went there um, for academics and and told myself, hey, I'm, I'm going to try to walk onto the baseball team. And uh, fortunately, I was able to you know, to kind of stick around uh, for four years. And uh, but I, I had a tremendous experience. And uh, as you mentioned, was teammates with with Chris Gale and that uh that was one of the, one of the parts of my experience that uh, made it made it truly special. And you earn your degree in American politics, which naturally leads to a career in baseball. <laughs> and, it, <Right>. and it's <laughs> only been with only been with the Indians, or excuse me, with the Guardians organization. But uh, so, how do you you make that leap after after majoring in American politics? You have your degree in that. Uh, what leads you to working in professional baseball and in, in what is now a long career in that regard? Yeah, that, that's that's a great question. I, I think you know playing the game at, at Virginia um, certainly certainly spurred my interest in, in trying to build a career and working in baseball. Um, and you know it's one of those things you have that deep passion for for the game, and you just look for for any anything you can do to, to find your way in. And fortunately, um, after playing at the University of Virginia, um, I had some really great coaches that I was able to. Uh, to stay in touch with and they, they were able to help me, you know, build, build my relationship relationships and build my foundation um, into trying to, to get my foot in the door. And uh, one of the connections that I made early on was with, uh, with, uh, with John Farrell, who, uh, who, you know, I, I know, you know, the name who has, who used to work here uh, with Cleveland and has done many great things across the game. Um, but he was actually my uh, my first contact with the Cleveland Guardians. Um, you know, he passed my res resume along, and he was actually on his way out the door to, to head over to uh, to the Boston Red Sox to be the, the pitching coach um, at the time. And so, um, but yeah, that was my sort of first introduction into the organization. Interviewed and was fortunate enough to 
to be able to land a land the internship and you look up you know 16 years later and uh, I guess you could say the, the rest is history well, and a lot of it's been on that scouting side and uh, I think no matter who works in baseball uh, there's that love for the game but it seems like if you're a scout you really really have that love for the game and where did that start for you how far back do you remember maybe even you know as a, as a little guy uh, that love for the game developing and, and now carrying you through to your current role. Yeah, I think, I think it's sort of, I think it really crystallized in, in college, you know, playing with, with several, you know, talented players and sort of watching the scouts work as they, as they approach those guys, um, you know, during my career, you know, as a, as a walk-on, I wasn't uh, one of the guys that the scouts showed a ton of interest in, but just seeing that process and kind of going through the process with them was something that really, really in- intrigued me. And uh, and you know, even even thinking back to that to those times, uh, Chris was somebody. Chris Gale, he was someone who who uh, who sort of fostered that um, you know that love for you know the evaluation part and. Of, of scouting, you know, obviously, you know, you know, his background, his father um, was a big league pitcher. So Chris has always been able to, to view the game, you know, through, through a unique lens that, you know, not everybody really has the opportunity to, uh, to have. So I think just my, my relationship and French friendship with him sort of continue to, to foster that, uh, that interest within me. Paul Gillespie joining us. He's the Guardian Senior Vice President of Scouting. And Paula, a lot of your time with the organization has been in that international scouting niche. Uh, the challenges that that you faced over the years from a travel standpoint, um, and, and all international scouts, I'm sure, uh, a lot of your time spent in Latin America. And, and what are some of those challenges, that not only geographically, but but the type of kids that you're you're trying to get into the organization who could be potential stars. Yeah, that, that's a great question, Rosie. Um, the international landscape it's it's certainly challenging, but it's one that uh, it's a challenge that that challenge that we embrace. And our scouts do a phenomenal job of of getting to know players and getting to know the best young players across the globe. Um, I think really in any scouting or, or player acquisition area whether you're talking domestic or international, you know, the real challenge at its core is, you know, working to get to know players really, really well on and off the field. Um, in the amateur international landscape, um, you know, by virtue of the player signing age, you know, we're, we're dealing with really young players. Um, we just don't have as much time over which to see those guys and, and get to know those guys. So, um, again, our scouts do a really great job of, of building history over time with those players, but it's a hard task. When you sign a player at the age of 16, obviously they're not fully developed. Uh, what is the skill that allows a good scout to say, you know what, that three, four years down the road, he's going to grow, this is going to happen, and, and he could be really, really good. But at 16, I imagine it's a, a a lot different. What are some of the things that would stand out that would say, okay, this guy's worth signing because certain things happen. He could really be really special. Yeah, I think that's, it's, it's a great question. And I think it's one that we're always trying to, uh, trying to improve on and, and we're constantly trying to, uh, 
hone the crafts in, in ways that we're identifying these players. I think um, the short answer is you have to spend a long time um, following these players and, and observing them in as many different environments as you possibly can, uh, whether that be, you know, the way they practice, the way they train, um, watching them in international tournaments, watching them in showcases, you know, uh, your own workouts, and uh, and really just trying to um, to see how they to see how they perform and see how they do over time. Obviously, we're looking at you know body types and how those things might project. Um, we're looking at you know swing mechanics and and defensive actions and 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 arm actions and, and those types of things. Um, so you're really trying to with a young player, you're really trying to put uh, some of the things that you um, that you see with your eyes along with. Um, some of the things that, you know, those players will do in games from a performance standpoint, and hopefully um, you put all those things together and you, um, and you can end up with a, with a pretty solid class of players. And when when you look at advantages, uh, the Cleveland organization has a a fairly new complex in the Dominican Republic. I know a lot of that's for development once a player is signed, but uh, how has that maybe impacted things in a positive way from the scouting standpoint and what you're trying to do in, during those signing periods? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So our organization, you know, starting with ownership, we made a, a big investment in providing, you know, our young international players. So um, as you know, Rosie, our, our Dominican Republic facility, it's a, it's a real gym. I mean, I think more than anything, once the players, they into the organization, um, our goal is to help be them, help them to be, you know, the best, the best versions of themselves. So um, we want to provide all the tools and, and all the resources that we can to help fuel their development. And we want to do that in, in a world-class environment. And um, that's what we've aspired to create, you know, at all of our uh, affiliates and in, in all of our complexes, in, including the Dominican Republic. And I think, you know, that's something that is recognized, um, by our internal players um, that that are within our system, I think it's recognized by you know prospective players that we you know that we scout and we get to know. Um, I think that's recognized by um, our staff internally, um, but also just across the industry at large. Guardian Senior Vice President of Scouting Paul Gillespie joining us. Paul, all right, let's get to the good stuff. Uh, you had a an international signing period just completed recently, and. Uh, at that time, 15 international players signed and, and in the organization. And uh, I know it's hard to generalize a class, but uh, maybe two or three that, that really stand out to you that you're, you're excited about and, and, and can shed some light on that, that uh, could have a bright, bright future in this game. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you know, first of all, what I would say is I think we, we feel really good about this entire class and how, the game, how it came together. Um, you know, if, if, if we needed to, to highlight a few, you know, there, there are some, some of these kids that have been sort of recognized by, by industry sources and, and prospect lists and, and things like that. Um, you know, but I will say that there are a lot of players in this class that, you know, we're, we're hopeful our fans will be hearing of, you know, more about in, in years to come. Um, but I would, I guess I'd first start off with uh, Jason Churio. Uh, Jason is a, a switch hitting center fielder from, from Venezuela, um, his brother was um, a, a high-profile sign in uh, in last year's class. So 
you know, definitely has some, some bloodlines there. Um, Jason's got a unique blend of, you know, tools and ability, but he also has some elements of projection left to his game that are, that are really exciting. Um, you know, kind of a lean, athletic, wiry type body. Um, we think he's got the athleticism to, to stick in center field. And he shows some of those um, fly chaser traits that, uh, that we look for in, uh, you know, in those outfielders that we think can, can stay in the middle of the field. Um, and, you know, over the scouting process, his bat continued to develop and, you know, that de- development arrow, you know, continued to point upwards. Another player that that seems to be awfully intriguing and, and has some good bloodlines. You mentioned bloodlines with Jason Cheerio, but uh, catcher Victor is Turris. That last name uh, may be familiar to, to fans of, of Major League Baseball, but uh, a young catcher with uh, some pretty good bloodlines too. Yeah, absolutely. So you're 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 totally right. If Sturis, if that name sounds familiar, it should because uh, Victor is the nephew of former major leaguers Cesar and Meiser. Um, so he's got those bloodlines as well, and and he's been able to benefit from uh, from that high end instruction. That uh, you know, not not a lot of these kids, um, you know, have have the privilege to be able to to receive that type of instruction. Um, so yeah, Victor is a left handed hitting catcher. And, you know, the things that stand out about him are, are his instincts in the batter's box, you know, knowledge of the strike zone, uh, advanced swing decisions at a young age. Um, he, he showed the ability to make consistent hard contact to the big part of the field. I guess really good competition. Um, and so, you know, the things about his instinct and instincts and, and those types of things probably uh, probably don't come as a surprise, you know, just given his 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 background and pedigree and so um defensively you know his his hands and footwork and arm strength all those things continue to improve over the course of uh the scouting process with him you know so we think he's got the ability to provide value on both sides of the ball um at a premium position another player of note and uh, for a while this place was synonymous with major league shortstop san pedro de macari in the dominican republic Rafael Ramirez is a name that's popped up, and uh, what do you have on him? Yeah, Rafael Ramirez, he's a left-handed hitting shortstop, and um, as you mentioned, from the Dominican Republic. Uh, you know, and this was not uh, not by design, um, but another player with, with bloodlines. Uh, his father, who goes by the same name, was the former, league, former major league player. So uh, Rafael has had the opportunity to grow up around the game and, and had that unique experience of, of having a, a big league father. Um, the things that stand out about him, um, you know, he, he has a chance to hit and to hit from to hit for some power from the left side. Um, he just displays a really good feel to hit at, at a young age, um, especially relative to his peers with with some advanced swing mechanics. And, you know, another thing that really stood out about him, um, which, again, not surprising, given his, his background and pedigree, um, standout maturity standout passion for the game. Boy, I love both of those. And uh, one final player to talk about, Yankee Baptiste. I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that right. And uh, what makes him stand out uh, in your mind? Yeah, you, you nailed it. Um, another switch hitting infielder from, from the Dominican Republic. He's got some pretty standout tools um, presently um, for such a young player. Um, we think he's going to be um, a physical kid, um, but he's got really soft hands, um, really, really big time arm strength. 
um, to go along with an intriguing offensive package um, from both sides of the plate. So we're really another another kid that we're really excited about. So in closing, uh, the international signing period complete, and obviously that's a year-round thing where you're where you're looking for new talent. Um, your new position, senior vice president of scouting, how how will that change what you do and um, on a daily basis and and travel and things like that as uh, as you get going here into the new spot? Yeah, so um, my my new role, I'm uh, you know really really fortunate and really thankful um, to be able to contribute to to all of our scouting areas. Um, and this role, I think, you know, the focus really is trying to, you know, provide support as much support as I can, um, you know, to, to all of our scouting areas. And really that, that starts with, with people processing culture. So, you know, we believe if we can, if we can, um, put our people first, um, if we can have really good processes in place and, and foster the environment where, uh, foster environment of really strong culture, you know, the signings and the, and the prospect lists and, and those types of things um, um, will take care of themselves. And, and in this role, I'll just have the opportunity um, to do that sort of at, at scale. Well, scouting and, and player development continues to be the lifeblood of, of so many organizations throughout baseball. The Guardian's no different. And, uh, Paul, thanks a lot for coming by. That was fun. Appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much, Rosie. I really, really appreciate the time. That's Paul Gillespie, Guardian Senior Vice President of Scouting. Stay tuned. More to come as we continue with Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Guardians Weekly. Jim Rosenhouse back with you for our final segment from downtown Cleveland Progressive Field. Hope you've enjoyed the show today. You can pick it up each week on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Your local network affiliate usually picks it up the late day Saturday, late afternoon, around 5, 6 o'clock or so, so you can catch us there. Or at cleeguardians.com. All the archived editions are there. Or you can download it as a podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts each week. I want to thank Brian Matze for putting together our show each week. We'll join you again next week. Hope you can join us then. This is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Guardians Weekly on the Cleveland Clinic Guardians Radio Network. Guardians Weekly has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Guardians fans save hundreds on car insurance.